0: Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Today, I have Lex Gillette joining me on the podcast. Lex, thanks so much for taking some time to chat today. Uh, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. So first question, it's a hard one. Who is Lex? <laughs> Lex is a an athlete,
1: a, a Paralympian, a world record holder, a, a speaker, a just a person who loves life at the end of the day I mean athletics has made up a lot of my my life and and it's been a lot of fun the journey has been really awesome but uh you know at the core at the end of the day when I go back to my place it's it's you know me as a human being and um yeah I mean just loving life and enjoying enjoying those who are in it awesome where did your athletic dreams begin in North Carolina. So I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and did the typical you know, kid things. And uh, I found out about sport. Well, my mom's side of the family is the athletic side. So they've played it all from softball, baseball, basketball, you know, all everything. And so uh, naturally, I was athletic. And um, I started off playing rec league baseball and I used to swim, I wouldn't say competitively, but I learned how to swim at a young age and played the typical backyard sports. Um, And then after I'm blind, I lost my sight when I was eight years old. And after I lost my sight, it was a transition period of me trying to get from seeing the world and then being blind Um, and then moving into sports again. So I got into Wrestling. I got into some adapted sports called um, uh, specifically goalball and be baseball, and then I eventually found track and field, and I've been competing in track and field
0: since. What was what was the journey into track and field like as a as a blind athlete? It was
1: it was interesting. I think that in in middle school, that was my first time ever being on a a track team. And so eighth grade, I threw the shot put and I was, <laughs> I don't even know, five, five, maybe a hundred pound, maybe <laughs> pounds. and that's pushing it. Um, but at that time it was more of, I was a part of a team, people accepted me and, and they encouraged me and pushed me. And so that camaraderie piece was really huge for me at that time. But once I got into high school, I took this fit, this physical fitness test, one where you had to do a, an assortment of activities. And one of them was standing long jump. I was really good at standing long jump. And my coach, teacher slash coach had told me about potentially going to the Paralympics and, and competing and representing Team USA. So we, uh, we started on this journey of competing in long jump and, I uh, developed a, a strategy so that I would be able to participate. And since I can't see what's going on, I have a guide who stands at the takeoff point, the takeoff board, and they are clapping and yelling and giving me an idea of where I need to run and jump from. And, uh, you know, from there is me listening, running as straight as possible to the sound of the voice and on the appropriate stride, then, you know, jumping.
0: And so you've been to Athens, you've been to Beijing, you've been to London, you've been to Rio. Um, One of the things that I like to explore on this podcast with athletes of your caliber is like, how do you first get to this type of level of excellence? And then how do you stay there? I mean, Athens was 2004. Rio is 2016. Um, Hopefully, you know, the next Olympics is and Paralympic Games is next is next year. Um, what's kept you motivated? Um,
1: I think one of the one thing is, of course, going to the games and winning gold. That's that's the only check mark that I haven't been able to to uh you know notch on my list, and so that definitely motivates me. And I think even more than that, it is trying to to just become better in life at the end of the day i think that i'm i'm definitely you know just a curious person want to explore and discover new things and discover new ways to to become better and i really i really enjoy challenging myself because you know, challenges are what help us grow and what help us ascend and elevate to new to new areas of life and so as an athlete and just as a human being overall, I don't think that there is. I don't think that you can say that. Okay, I've, I've reached perfection. I feel like there's always something that you can do to to grow, to become better, to develop, and and you know, it's it's just an ongoing thing.
0: So, is that what the what the gold medal would mean to you? Like you've continued to achieve excellence. It's not about Hey, you're the best in the world, but hey, you're the best you've ever been.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, it's hard as an athlete. I mean, you you want to get out there and you want those hard, those those results. Um, Mm -hmm. And so as an athlete, I want to go and I want to win that goal. But that would be the symbol of that would be much greater than, you know, being able to have that uh, you know, metal draped around your neck is like, okay, this is you know, to your point. I mean, the the result of um, putting forth everything and, and and experiencing that success.
0: Do you do you visualize yourself being on the podium? Do you? It, how does? how does your how does your your approach to mental training come in what where or or do you do mental training
1: yeah it's huge i think that our ability to to visualize is is something that we can leverage and and use to really um you know elevate us to to what we want in life and so in March prior to uh, COVID-19, it was me and I literally thought about competing in Tokyo. I was scheduled to compete on the first day during the evening session. So it was gonna be bright lights, crowd is gonna be there. And I had it in my mind that, you know what? Everybody's in the stadium, they're, they're coming to watch me compete and be awesome. And uh, and and so as an athlete, um, well, you know, I speak for myself, I I create those scenes in my mind is it's, I'm creating this plot, if you will. And so. More most times, you know, I was I was in Tokyo. In March, prior to even physically being there um, in August, and so that's really huge for me because. As you as you tap into that power, once things begin to come into fruition and and you actually are now getting on that plane headed to Tokyo and then you're inside of this stadium getting ready to compete. You find solace in knowing that, you know what, I already saw this many, many months ago, so I put these scenes together I put the movie together. Let me hit the play button so I can watch how it all plays out. Um, And yeah, I mean, it is, it's it's huge.
0: So I understand you're all, I understand you're also a musician. So is this sort of art that you're, that you're painting in your mind? Do you think that, that that's what allows you to be a musician as well?
1: Uh, I mean, I definitely think that there is, for me, it's, 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 it's um that communication piece is is huge and so when you talk about art your ability to to communicate and and explore certain areas I, I think that i mean even as an athlete like that's a certain uh, that speaks to to art as well I'm not able to to you know verbally communicate with a crowd when I'm competing but I'm competing. I'm communicating in a way that the crowd is understanding what's going on. They're able to they're they're seeing that perseverance. They're seeing that determination. They're seeing the dedication and what it took over four years to get to this point, to have this this one moment in time to to represent your country, yourself, your family and, you know, and and kind of see, you know, who's the best on that particular day. And, uh, you know, certainly, certainly, um, I mean, that's a really good point from the artistic side is, is, uh, you know, for me specifically, it's like, you know, I want to exhaust everything that's within my being, um, into the sport and, you know, if it's music with the music as well, um, so that people can kind of understand where, you know, where I'm coming from, you know, what what it took to get to this point, et cetera, et cetera.
0: And then the other piece that's sort of similar, I guess, art, maybe it's a different type of art is you're a speaker as well. Um, How did that, how did that come about?
1: I think that naturally when you get into athletics and you become successful in it, people, they want to know like, what do you eat? And, Uh, what's your fastest mile time or your fastest hundred time. And and so I kind of just gotten tossed into it. And, um, in the beginning I didn't really enjoy it because I think where I was personally in terms of being comfortable in my own skin and embracing the fact that I'm, I'm blind, you know, that, that was, you know, there's just some insecurities that I was dealing with. And, um, the 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 switch came on one day when it was like, Listen at the end of the day, um, this is not about you, it's about the people who are in the audience, and if you can do something to positively impact their life and and give them something that they can can use to apply in their own life and and that thing will help them excel and be better then that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Um, and so once I latched on to that, it was like, all right, you know, this is this is pretty cool. And when I was speaking about as an athlete, you know, I'm not able to verbally communicate with the crowd. This is my opportunity as a speaker to be able to get on stage and verbally articulate you know, what it what it takes. And, you know, my thoughts and ideas on how how we
0: can live our best lives. Do you do like a Q and A at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times, Q and A is fun. What are, What are some of the common questions that people ask you? Um. Oh gosh. I mean, they
1: range from. Uh, you know, what's your your like? How do you experience different cultures? Um, when you go to different countries, do you, are you like super keen to the to the to the sounds and the smells and um, what else, uh, are you? Uh, uh, I, I will say, you know, from, from a, a, an audio standpoint, yeah, I do, you know, I, I use my hearing a lot, of course. Um, and yeah, I think that when I do go to different countries and experience cultures, there are definitely differences in sounds. I mean, the the more obvious ones are you, you hear different languages and, um, even the animals sound different and uh you know that's really interesting to me we went to Australia one time and they have these birds that literally sound like crying babies and uh <laughs> and it like threw me for a loop and I was like man that's this is so wild um but yeah I mean you think you're on a plane or something <laughs> hey I yeah I it just like you hear that noise and it's you know, twenty thirty feet above your head, and I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> the baby!" Out the window. <laughs>
0: uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so so, with Tokyo sort of in limbo, um, what's what is your what is your approach? I think the
1: main thing is knowing that first and foremost is as it stands right now, it's going to happen. It was tough to, to get the new, the news that they were going to push it back. But you understand that, okay, this is a postponing and not a cancellation. So we have additional time. Maybe there's some things and areas that, um, that I can work on to get better. I mean, th- there's always something that you can do. And so, From a mental standpoint, it was really tapping into that, because if you think about all of the negative aspects of it, then that that can put you in a space where it's not it's not helping you at all. And once it once those types of things seep into your mind, then it affects how you how you perform and um, that's not going to, you know, having that negative those negative thoughts and ideas in your head, you know, it just doesn't bode well for being the best athlete that you can be or just best person that you can be.
0: Do you consider yourself a, a very positive person? For the most part, yeah, I think everyone
1: has their their moments where you know things don't happen the way they want or you may get frustrated or irritated, but yeah, I would say that for the most part, I am pretty positive. I think that losing my sight, like how many, (laughs) like how many worse things can happen than that? And and it's, you know, not many. So every day that I'm alive and have the opportunity to just, you know, get out here, have a good time, compete, train, speak, whatever it is. um, You know, I just do it with a smile and, 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 uh, you know, just knowing that, I mean, the worst
0: has, is, is behind me. Has anybody ever told you you can't do something that you said, you know, you're wrong? Oh yeah. All the time. What's that? What's that like?
1: Uh, I mean, it's frustrating. Well, it, it depends. Um, you know, sometimes it, it definitely is frustrating and i think that it, you know someone had actually asked me this question a while ago and and uh i definitely have a a certain feeling emotion that i get when when i'm overlooked or or counted out i think that it is um you know it's just extremely irritating but on the other side of that I think there's something inside of me that that actually likes that. Um, The challenge? Yeah. It's like, all right, you don't think that that I can do this. So let me, you know, it's it's definitely, excuse me, it's definitely a lot of, you know, proving people wrong. But Mm -hmm. I think even more than that is proving myself right.
0: I like that. Have you ever struggled with um, self-confidence?
1: Um, yeah, I would say that more in like the early years and losing my sight and more specifically from a social standpoint, being around friends and, and them asking me about, you know, like, like what's going on with your eyes and how did it happen? And can you see how many fingers I'm holding up or... Or even just, you know, friends automatically thinking a certain thing because, uh, you know, just because I'm blind, um, like, oh, OK, you know, well, Lex wouldn't he wouldn't want to go and, and, and hang out at the at at the movie theater. You know, um, but why would you think that, you know, I, I mean, I I I get it, however we all can experience things in a certain way. And, and, you know, I just don't want to feel like I'm left out. Um, you know, I want to enjoy life and, and, and the world, just like the next person. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still something that I have to deal with nowadays. I think that, you know, if I were to walk around in, in Southern California, where I, where I live, uh, you know, the average person they don't they don't know who I am, um, and they treat me a certain way, and they're oh, you know, do you need do you need help, sir? Do you need me to tie your shoes for you? Do you need me to to open up the chips the bag of chips for you, sir? And uh, you know, but if they actually knew who who I was, I think the response would be a lot different. So
0: how? What? So what? What advice do you have for people? who may meet you or interact with you or, or, um, you know, come into contact with, with you or, or another, you know, Paralympic athlete. I think it's just, I mean, (laughs) just treat me like, um,
1: any other person, a friend or any, any individual that you might, that you might meet out and about. Um, I mean, I, I, I totally understand there are certain times where I may be out in the public and I may need assistance or anything like that, but I don't think that you should automatically, you know, look at me and assume that, Oh, okay, well, you know, he might need some help or, Ooh, he must feel alone or his life must be, you know, one of you know, just just darkness or, uh, you know, he's sad all of the time. Um, like I love my life and, and, you know, there's a lot of amazing things that, that are happening and, and have happened and, And I know there are some amazing things definitely on the horizon as well. Um, you know, I'm fortunate and pretty blessed, but, uh, um, yeah, you know, I'm at the end of the day, I mentioned that earlier. I mean, when I come home, I am (laughs) at the, at the very core, just, you know, another human being. And, um, you know, I want to be treated with, you know, decency and respect and, and, uh, yeah, I mean
0: um is is gratitude something you you intentionally practice? Um
1: yeah, I would say that. I think that showing gratitude is is an important thing. Um you know, being appreciative and and you know, showing thanks and um you know, all of those are are huge. I've had a lot of people who have contributed to my life um, and they've contributed their time, their energy, their effort. And that is, those are resources. You don't, you don't get those things back. You can't get your time back. So when someone gives that to you, I think that speaks volumes. And so you should definitely, um, you know, show gratitude and, and appreciate them for that because these are, when you invest time and and offer your wisdom and knowledge and, and experience to another person, you're you're giving them life lessons and skills that they can use for um, the rest of their lives. And, and it helps them to achieve and, and perform to the best of their ability. And so, you know, for me, man, I can't even tell you how many people have have poured into me. Um, but the, the cool thing too, is you know, I can show them gratitude, but I think that how everything has been unraveling, um, you know, they, they live vicarious, vicariously through this and, and they're able to get, you know, a sense of that, uh, that gratefulness as well, just by how everything is panning out.
0: That's awesome. One of the things that I like to discuss on this podcast with with elite level athletes and elite or high performers in general is is the notion of balance or lack of balance. Um, some people find balance to be important. Other people find uh, moderation or um, that there was a Lindsay Kraus was on the podcast. She's a New York Times writer, and and her her explanation of balance was uh, that it's a triangle. And sometimes the triangle is equilateral. Sometimes it's obtuse. And sometimes, you know, the the sides are, uh, basically the sides are, are sometimes a different length. And sometimes the training is longer. And sometimes the family is longer. And sometimes, you know, the social life is, and whatnot. So I want to know, what, what does balance mean to you? Is it something you you strive for? Uh, what is, what is balance for Lex? Mm
1: That's a really good question. I've never gotten before. Um, in this fashion, uh, I think that balance to me, I remember as a kid, you had like those, those seesaws or whatever. Um, and so when you said balance i just think of i think of that and think of how to manage everything in life in a way that it will you know keep that seesaw horizontal um and you know as soon as you have too much weight from a particular area of life when it when it weighs um weighs down um i mean it, it kind of you know, obviously throws that balance off, and you know, it, speaking to that weight, if you continue to allow it to um be a burden and and specifically weigh on you mentally again, it kind of throws you in the in these dark spaces in life and and you're just not able to perform to the to the best of your ability, so I think that is it's certainly. Being able to, um, you know, manage the uh, the aspects of life, both positive and negative. I mean, we oftentimes think about the negative aspects of life, but I think that also, if you if you allow some of that those, those that positivity and that success to just overwhelm you, I think that that could have a you know a negative impact as well. Um, you know, we we are on a quest to to be the best that we can be. And so you enjoy your successes and, and move on and try to succeed again. Um, I'm trying to think back to, I was, uh, I'm a huge um, Michael Jordan fan. And so the last dance was on um, during what the month of May, April or May. And uh, Phil Jackson is like, like, like the master of all masters. And he had said something to the effect of, you're only as you're only as successful as your last success. You have to keep doing it. Um, and so going back to to you know those positive aspects, yeah, like they're amazing. Enjoy them, but just know that there's more out there to to achieve.
0: I love that you just said enjoy your successes and move on, which um, reminds me of a conversation I had with Scott Fable. He's a he's a marathoner and. Um and and top performer in his field and uh, he was the first American at uh, at the New York City Marathon and he wrote afterwards to say if you don't let your failures define you why should you let your successes define you mm. define you everything is a data point along the along the road yeah um and I think that 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 parallels well against what you said where it's what's your last success and what's, what's coming up. Um, and so I think it's so important to, to recognize that again, from an athlete at your level who has done incredible things, you're not focused on what you've done in the past. You're focused on what you're doing in the future. And again, I think that, that, um, I've had, I've had the privilege of of talking with so many, uh, elite level athletes that continue to reaffirm this. I spoke with Kara Goucher, you know, multiple Olympian, um, very successful athlete. And when, when I sat down with her for the podcast, I said, look, you've done some amazing things. I don't necessarily want to talk about that. I want to talk about what's, what's up next and what's in the future. And, and it was, it was a fascinatingly different conversation than any that she's ever had. Yeah. Um, because it's looking forward, it's not celebrating. Hey, I'm the best in the world. Hey, I'm great. Hey, I'm awesome. It's, I'm good at getting better. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I, you know, I applaud you for your platform because um, a lot of times when we do the interviews that, I mean, they, they focus on the successes and, oh, you've won this, these many medals and gold medals, which I, I you know, I would imagine that all athletes are, are, um, you know, proud of that. That's an accomplishment. Right. But I think that you know, to your point, there is much more behind that. And and, you know, seldom do we have opportunities where people are like, you know what, let's let's get to the nitty gritty and, and talk about, like, what is your why? Like, like, where does this come from? And, you know, all of those things that, um, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, whether you're an athlete or not, those are the, the things that really, um are going to keep us pushing and, and acquiring more success moving, you know, moving forward.
0: Definitely. And it sort of sounds crass to say, but the, the COVID, um, uh, atmosphere has been great for a podcast exploring the why, because everybody is exploring the why nobody has, nobody has racing, nobody has performing. And so if you're only motivated by, a tangible time on the clock or distance or, or PR whatever, um, you got to figure something else out that's going to keep you motivated. And so it's been fascinating to, to observe what's going on with, with these discussions on Twitter and podcasts and articles and interviews where, you know, people who are used to competing a handful of times every year are and train for events and are motivated by training, um, to sort of do this introspection and figure it out because yeah. there is there's no time frame on this really. Yeah. Yeah. That is so definitely what, true. What what's your why? And <sighs> my, and has it evolved? Um
1: I think that my why well I'm saying I think. My why is when it's all said and done, I want to leave something beneficial on this earth that wasn't here before I got here. And I love that. I mean, that's, that's super broad and and vague as to what that, that thing might be. But I think that we all have something uniquely special to offer the world. And, um, and as it stands right now, like I, I just want to, you know, sow my best into the earth, and when it's all said and done, and and you know th- those days are dwindling down, I'll be able to look back and say, you know what, somebody's going to be able to to come after after me, and and use the blueprint that I put out there to, um, you know, get things started for themselves, and and hopefully. They will be able to use that to to elevate you know even higher than than what I've been able to do.
0: I can't tell you how much I love that um, I had a conversation with my grandfather last August, and he said that his realization of what the meaning of life is is exactly that to leave this world a better place than when you came into it and he passed away a few weeks after that and he left the world in a better place than when he came into it. And that's what I aspire to. That's, that's when I wake up in the morning, um, that's my, that's my, you know, North star every single day. Um, and I think of him and, you know, all the time when, when, these types of conversations come up. And if, if we all thought like that, the world would be a much different place and a much better place. So I commend you for, for that being your North star and your why, because the world needs a a lot more of, of that.
1: Yeah, no, we could definitely, you know, we could definitely benefit from that for sure.
0: What do you, on a different note, what do you wish people knew about you? Mm. wish that
1: people, I think we touched on it earlier. I just wish that they knew that my life is, you know, for lack of a better term, normal. Um, And, and I think that, you know, we can, you know, what is normal? I guess that's, I mean, that's a valid question. But I, I think my point that I'm trying to make is, you know, I live my life just like you know the next person. I wake up, brush my teeth, wash my face. I pick my clothes out. I put my shoes on. I go train. Uh, I go to the airport just like the next person. You know, and I do a lot of these things on my own. And I just want people to to know that you know that I'm just you know doing what any other person would be, and not only. And I say that not only for myself, but I want them to know that so so that when they see other blind and visually impaired people, that they have that type of perception of them. That oh, okay, you know, they just you know they may be living life without the capacity of seeing, but they're you know they're doing their thing at the end of the day, and and we all have our differences and challenges in life, but at when it's all said and done. I mean, we're just out here living
0: and doing our thing. Awesome. If we want to follow along with your with your journey, where can we find you on uh on social media?
1: Oh uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Lex Gillette, L E X G I L L E T T E, or you can go to my website, LexGillette.com.
0: Awesome. Lex, thanks so much for uh for coming on today and, and sharing your wisdom.
1: Uh appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was a great time. Of
0: course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.